Welcome back to The Blackout. Glad to be with you as we open up another pick and preview episode for the 2023 season of college football. This one coming to you from the Big Ten with the Minnesota Golden Gophers. We're entering the seventh season of rowing the boat with the Gophers for P.J. Fleck. It is going to be fascinating with a lot of roster changes, with a lot of staff changes. Alan Denton, Thomas Black here with you. Alan, how are you today? I'm great, and I don't know which way I'm rowing this boat this year. So um, it, it should be interesting, though. I do have a lot of respect for what P.J. Flex done at Minnesota. Definitely a lot of respect, but I'm with you. It's difficult to know exactly where to row the boat, but it'll be fascinating to look at the season ahead because we've got some things that could swing a lot of different ways. On the offensive side, there's been some changeover. Offensive coordinator Kirk Shiraka is out. He's on his way to Rutgers. They've promoted co-offensive coordinators to replace him. Longtime starting quarterback Tanner Morgan is out. That leaves open the spot for Ethan Kaliak-Manis and running back Mo Ibrahim, who was an absolute star, nearly running for 4,700 career yards, is out as well. So already just setting the table, a lot changing on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, Alan, I think that's a large part of what makes the Golden Gophers a difficult diagnosis as we look at the year ahead. Absolutely. they got to replace their all-world center, John Michael Schmitz. Can you get a big white guy's name like any more perfect than John <laughs> Michael Schmitz? My God. Oh, my Lord. But as you mentioned, they've got to replace Muhammad Ibrahim and Tanner Morgan. So it, it creates a, a wide variability moving into the 23 team. And like you and I mentioned off air, this is a team the past couple of years we feel like we've known. And this is the year and one of the teams where there's a ton of unknown as we begin the 23 season. As we look back on 2022, this is a team that was kind of average in our pick Like Alan said, we kind of knew who they were. Lots of times it was fairly predictable kind of how their games are going to go, though they did have some wide variants earlier in the season. On the confidence side, this team went 4-3. and three. Against the spread, they went 4-3. and three. So there's not a lot to say about really great play or really bad play either way. Alan, what are some of the things you look back on with 2022 that are memorable that you can take with some changeover on this team looking at 2023? Their 2022 slate was kind of like the way I view my body. Had a pretty good start, pretty good down low at the end, and in the middle, it looks kind of rough. And so, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, tremendous start to the year and good finish. The big win was absolutely beating the crap out of Michigan State on the road, winning 34 to 7. That's a game that I had pretty high. And I remember getting some good value out of that. And then I think their other big win was winning at Wisconsin at the end of the year. That was a game that, even though Wisconsin was pretty awful last year, they still were really tough defensively. And, you know, anytime you win at Camp Randall, that's a success. It doesn't matter how bad that team has been all year. So nothing came easy, but they found a way to to win nine games at the end of the year, which is pretty dang good. 
very consistent, the program that P.J. Fleck has up in Minnesota. The other game that really stood out to me was one where they went on the road again, not getting a win this time like the ones you highlighted at Penn State. They were only a four-and-a-half-point underdog, but lost 45-17, to a four-touchdown loss at the Nittany Lions. That's one that I remember I had a little bit of difficulty picking I think because of, if I remember correct, Penn State had already faced Michigan maybe earlier in the season and got steamrolled in the running game. And I kind of thought Minnesota possibly had the opportunity to do the same, but I went with Penn State. Of course, it came out in my favor in a big, big way, but it kind of surprised me as to how big a win that was for the Nittany Lions. So as we look ahead to 2023, we're coming off an NFL draft where you already mentioned his name. Center John Michael Schmitz went as a second round pick. They have had some really good offensive lines up there, up north. And uh, other than that, they had a couple of defensive backs, a safety and a cornerback go in the fifth round. So not a lot of talent going off to the NFL. But honestly, that's kind of what we expect from this team year in, year out. So what are your thoughts surrounding this team with already mentioned a lot of turnover on the offensive side, some draft picks, but not necessarily a ton of talent coming out of Minnesota as we head into 2023? I think at the very least, they have good potential with their quarterback. He got some run last year as Tanner Morgan wasn't able to play some near the end of the year and performed pretty well. They've got lots of good folks that can catch the ball this year. And reading some of the previews from some of the beat riders and those kinds of things, I don't think this is going to be the ground and pound team that they have been in the past. It seems as if P.J. Fleck is going to rely a little bit more on tossing the tater around. And we'll see if they can do that effectively. In replacing Mo Ibrahim, they do add Sean Tyler from Western Michigan. He's been very, very effective in the MAC with over 2,800 yards and 28 touchdowns. You're not going to replace the just really good high-capacity ability of Muhammad, but at the very least you add a proven guy that's going to be able to get you first downs and get you into the end zone with what seems to be at least a decent offensive line. Yeah, it should be a decent offensive line. One that loses three of five starters getting out the gate, but the receivers are where this team may really set this team up for success offensively. You already mentioned Kaliak Manas got some playing time a year ago There is some high expectation. People believe he's a pretty big guy with a pretty big arm that he's going to be able to force the ball down the field more than Tanner Morgan did, and he does have some talent to throw it to. Tight end Brevin Span Ford had over 40 receptions for nearly 500 yards a year ago. Chris Altman-Bell is coming back from an ACL injury. He's been a guy that's been reliable for them in the past, but his career's been extended because of injury. And then there's a younger guy, Daniel Jackson, also at wide receiver, who had over 550 yards receiving and five touchdowns a year ago, who some are calling a future star with the Golden Gophers. So, Alan, I do believe the passing game is going to be where this team starts. And if you get consistency from Kaliak Manis and these receivers, that's going to be a really big step forward in opening up the ground game for a guy like Sean Tyler that you mentioned, the transfer, that's going to help them be consistent offensively. And I think they're going to need that to have success in this season because I think there's questions on both sides of the ball. So if you're looking for something as a bright spot, I think we have to look at the offense as really needing to supply some of the oomph for this team as we get going in the new season ahead. Yeah, because last year they relied on a really good defense. And what's going to be difficult in that, yes, they're only replacing two fifth-round picks in Jordan Howden and Terrell Smith, but 
they only returned four starters on that side of the ball. In fact, they only returned four starters on the offensive side of the ball. It just so happens to be in some important spots. On the defensive side of the ball, it kind of feels like the defensive backfield might struggle and a couple of others that have transferred out. That looks like a potential um, weakness. But if you're going to have that weakness, the Big Ten is the place to be, right? Because you can probably mask that a little bit when you're playing Iowa in 10-degree weather and those kinds of things. You're not going to be throwing it around a ton. But again, this is a team that I think we'll see probably four or five times this year. With some of those expectations we have for the schedule, we've got a 12-game slate. Obviously, not all 12 games are going to end up in the Pick'em Contest, but Alan, you mentioned to me, I don't remember if it was before recording or in recording, but you mentioned a pretty high variance for high-low expectations for this team. So where are you looking at the low end? Where are you looking at the high end? And what are some of the matchups that you're going to key in on that we'll especially see in the Pick'em Contest? Yeah, this is a team that, as you mentioned, I've got a high variance. The floor, I've got them not even going bowling, being five and seven. Ceiling, and this is if everything goes perfectly, I've got them at eight and four with a chance to get back to a fourth straight nine-win season for the Gophers. But I honestly, this year, I just don't see that happening. I think it's much more likely it's one of those middle two, six and six or seven and five, which, you know what, they'll probably take. This has been a program that has been established, and I think it's typically going to be a seven to five, eight and four program, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it at all, and I'll go kind of right in the same path you are. I put my low end expectations for absolute worst case scenario, five and seven, but I kind of look at the floor as also a possibility of six and six. It's just, there's a decent number of automatic wins. I think this team has, and I think yep. as long as they can find a way to win one of the middle ground ones, six and six seems like a reasonable floor, but if everything fell apart, I'm with you. Five and seven feels like it is a possibility. And if everything goes right for them, if we get a good, really solid defense, but maybe not ultra talented. And if the offense stands up with a good offensive line play and the passing game holds up and Ethan Kaliak Manis does not turn over the ball, maybe they even get a good run game once again. I think potentially you could see this game to go nine and three. That was the absolute ceiling that I put up. So a game better than you did, but I think it's really going to hinge on kind of what do we find out from this team in week three? I think that's the first time we probably see them. I don't know the entire slate for week three, so I can't guarantee it, but I feel like we easily could see Minnesota on our pick'em slate at North Carolina. The reason I lean more to a middle ground expectation with this team like you do, I think six and six, maybe seven and five during the regular season is because right now I think you have to lean North Carolina in that game. I think there's questions with both of these teams on the defensive side of the ball, but what you have at quarterback with Drake May at North Carolina, I think is potentially a big advantage. And obviously being on the road with a younger team with Minnesota that has some question marks, I feel like that's going to be a tough spot for them. So I'm leaning North Carolina, but I feel like that could very much be a toss-up. I feel like they have a couple of guaranteed losses with week six against Michigan on their home field and week 12 at Ohio State. But outside of that, I think there's a lot of toss-up games for this team. So I'm with you. I think six and six, seven and five feels probably about right. Maybe they get a bowl win as well, but I will be interested to see what this team does in week three at North Carolina because I think that's going to set the table for a lot of the expectations we could see with this team down the road. 
I very much agree. And I just don't know that they're going to have the offensive firepower to hang with a North Carolina team that I think is probably going to have a lot of offensive firepower, even though North Carolina is going to be replacing some wide receiver depth with Josh Downs going to the NFL. You still got Drake May and that guy's really good. So we'll see. But, you know, in looking at this team, even you start with Nebraska, which last year, Nebraska was horrible. But this year, you look at them, even though they're not on our slate because it's a Thursday night game, that's a game that it is kind of a toss-up with Nebraska potentially being, you know, not world beaters at all, but also not one of the worst teams in FBS. <laughs> Very much understood. They've got a lot of games on their schedule. You mentioned Week 8 at Iowa. They've got Illinois in Week 10, Week 11 at Purdue, Week 13 against Wisconsin. So I think a lot of possibilities for how many times we could see this Minnesota team. But if they don't live up to expectations, especially if they miss out on a bowl game, we're probably only going to see them a few times. But I think probably a floor of like three or four appearances on our pick'em slate. And I think it's going to be valuable to pay attention to them early in the season to figure out just how much this team gels as they work through the early slate. Very much so. All right. If you want to keep on tuning in with us for our Pick'em Previews, we've got two episodes coming up. Coming up this Monday, July 24th with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. That is, of course, going to be available only on our Patreon subscription service. That's where you can join us as a season ticket holder for as little as $1.50 a month. And as we promote so often, that money is going to be turned around and go into the prize pot. So we've got hundreds of dollars in cash and prizes available to our top finishers in both our confidence pick that's coming up and also is live. And then we've also got prizes that are going to come up in our ATS pick as well. So, Alan, we've got exciting things coming. And, of course, as we move forward into later next week, we've got another pick preview of the Oklahoma Sooners. And that's going to be right back here on this free channel for everybody to have access to. So lots of exciting things, lots of exciting previews to come up. And hopefully it'll help you stack up well against the competition and get a shot at some of those big-time prizes. Really intriguing games. Really intriguing teams. This is a great idea, and uh, I'm excited that we get to continue on with Notre Dame next. Love it. Alan, thank you for your time. Looking forward to previewing the Fighting Irish with you very soon. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.